Hey fam, welcome to another episode of Acronicus Podcast. I'm Sarah Formala, your host, and here on the show I talk about living faith as a Christian teenager or as a teenager, basically. So today we are talking about this very important topic, how to be confident that your past failures or your present reputation doesn't define who you are. Are you... Are you known to be the school rascal, the original gangster, the hot and cold Christian, the renowned troublemaker in school? Are you? Do you have this reputation that is so strong about you everywhere you go? Is your present reputation zeroing out any thought of change in your life? Are you scared of leaving Christ because of what people already know or think about you? Mm. I remember this verse in the Bible where Jesus was saying, If you know the Son, the Son shall set you free. It's in, um, or if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And he said something that really, like, piqued my attention. In John chapter 8, verse 34, he said, most assuredly I say unto you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. If the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Your past, your past, you can't afford to continually be a slave of your past because your past is not meant to abide forever. Your bad reputation, your present bad reputation, which you wish to change, is not meant to abide forever. If you have met the Son, the Son will set you free. Okay, chapter 3, verse 6 tells us that there is a time to throw away. Some changes can be accomplished with the word's insight about uttering negative thoughts, but how much better to know Christ and God's word it is truth that give us a past a, a new it is truth that gives us a new identity and enables transformation we can live like our past no longer defines us anymore yes as a christian your past doesn't define you john 3:16 as we all know says that for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we may have eternal life why would God value us so much to give His Son so that we have eternal life? Because our identity is not about how we are, be, uh, who we are now, or who we were, but about what He sees in us. He sees a peculiar nation. He sees a people of His own. He sees His own children who He will volunteer His Son to die for. And of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says that if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. He is a new creation, and all things are passed away, and all things are becoming. So, if you have decided to be a Christian as a teenager, if you have decided, if you are convinced that Jesus is for you, you, you are convinced that, okay, I want to start living like Jesus because I can't afford to fail him. He died for me on the cross, even though he doesn't know me. He knows my name and forms me in my mother's womb. He has given me a purpose and plan for this, that even before I came, and I can't afford to be lost anymore. I need to know this man who will lead me to purpose, who will lead me to peace, who will lead me to 
a future that is secure if you want to make that decision to follow jesus then you shouldn't be limited by your past you shouldn't be limited by your reputation because your identity is not defined by your past your identity is not defined by your present reputation why will you allow your past to tell you who you are jesus said it already that when you know the truth the truth will set you free your encounter with jesus is one that gives you that boldness to say that i was once lost but now i am fine i am found your encounter with jesus is one that gives you that boldness to say fine i was a cultist yeah i used to kill people but now jesus found me and now i am saved your encounter with jesus is that one that gives you the boldness to say that once i was a pornographer i was a porn addict but now i found jesus and he has changed my life he has changed my addiction your your encounter with jesus is one that gives you boldness to say that once I was a masturbator, but now he has given me something else to lay my hands upon. He has given me work. He has given me purpose. I found this God and he has set me free. Your present reputation, your past, no matter how filthy, no matter how dirty it is, does not limit your way with God. Do not let it limit you. Do not cooperate with the Satan to limit yourself. Even though you have this bad reputation in school, that you know that even if you try to change, there will still be people that will be like, what? Don't just try because we already know you. But you know that you have met this Jesus who you will never want to leave, who you want to surrender your life and your all to. You want to surrender your willpower and emotions to. Then you should have that boldness to face those people and tell them that okay i have met jesus and i've decided to change whether you believe me or not i think you need to encounter him too your past circumstances and mistakes can't be changed but you can change i, I quoted exercises 3 verse 6 um, earlier that there is also a time to throw away. So you can throw away your past addictions. You can throw away your past character, your past behavior, your past reputation. Even if your reputation is to be this silent, sober Christian, then when you met Jesus, Jesus gave you this calling to begin to speak his words. And you start to think that, okay, I I am a very soft person. Like I don't talk too much. So how do you expect me to start preaching? And people will listen to me. They'll be like, how do you suddenly change? Change is inevitable, and with God, change is possible. The future is yet determined and can be influenced by what you do today. Today is the only day that really matters. Even the consequences of past choices can be used for the glory of God. So yes, your past circumstances cannot be changed. Your past mistakes cannot be changed. But when you accept or agree to be changed, when you become with the change that Christ gives, you can use your past circumstances, your past reputation to the glory of God. Let's look at I like to use this woman in the Bible, um, Mary Magdalene. They call her Mary. She is she's a fornicator, like she, what the, what the, like, she was a very promiscuous woman and one day she met Jesus she discovered that this Jesus is unusually a friend of sinners a friend of the Gentiles a friend of the tax collectors he was found in the midst of the adulterers the fornicators the vibers 
and she somehow began to feel accepted by him, even watching him for a distance. And we can see in, can see in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, that as she realized that Jesus was in the Pharisee's house, she went into the house with so much boldness, knowing that, okay, Jesus is not going to reject him because I've seen him in the midst of sinners before, and I just want to feel accepted. Right now, I want to surrender to him. And she went to his feet and washed his feet with another basket of oil. She stood there, I mean, she knelt there and washed his feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair. She kissed his feet and anointed him. She was trying to tell him that, okay, God, I love you because you have decided to love me. You have decided to love people of my kind. Even in this in this um, environment that we are always counted as outcasts, you know, in Jerusalem then or in Israel then, anyone who is found a sinner is always rejected as an outcast and something. They are always not allowed into the Pharisee's house. And she started kissing him and anointing him and crying at his feet, all for forgiveness. She knew she had a bad reputation, but she also knew that this man can accept it and change her. And what I think that's what faith is all about, knowing that, fine, I am filthy, I have a dark past, I have done too many things in the past that do not edify the body of Christ. I've done too many things guys, that counts me so much unworthy to be in the presence of God. But I acknowledge that I have that past and I want to change. I don't care about what every other people around me thinks. Mary entered into the Pharisee's house, ignoring the fact that she can be stoned to death there, ignoring the fact that she can be sent out, bundled out of the building, ignoring the fact that they will insult her and curse her for actually trespassing their territory. She didn't look at any, she didn't even think of the opinion of others. She just wanted to meet Jesus and get changed. And what did Jesus tell him, say to her? He said, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Your faith, my friend, can save you. Your faith can save you from your past or your present reputation. If you really want to follow Jesus, if you are convinced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you want to believe in him and trust him, do not let the opinion of others to be your limitation. Do not let the opinion of others to stop you. Because let me look at it. This our relationship with Jesus is a personal thing. It's all about you and Jesus, not you and your environment, not you and what other people think. There's no third party in relationship with Jesus. It's just you and this man, you and this God, this loving God. So whatever any other people think does not matter. Instead, you can use this past reputation in which they knew you about to change them. Your past reputation, your past um, circumstances, situations, mistakes can be used to glorify God. You can ask God to use them to transform the hearts and minds of people around you. You can ask God to use your story, your past mistakes, and how you are now, how change has gotten you, how Jesus has gotten you changed, to change the lives of other people who are living in the same darkness that you lived before. In fact, your difficult past might be the way, the way, the very tool that God will use to help encourage others. You know, Jesus went about healing when he was in the world. But there was this specific demon-possessed man that he healed. 
The man has been possessed for years. I'd like to open my Bible. Yes, there was this demon-possessed man, Jesus healed in Luke chapter 8, verse 26 to 35. This man had this kind of vagabond spirit. It has, he has legions of demons in his body. And as I heard, he has six, they are like, they are like 6,000 demons. Can you imagine? One, one man, 6,000 demons. And he was living in it. He, he had this supernatural power of breaking shackles and breaking everything that they used to bind him. Anybody that comes his way, he, he troubles. He's like a vagabond in the old environment. And Jesus saw him and saw that, okay, this man has suffered too long with this spirit. And he cast out those legions. And do you know what Jesus told him? When the man got healed, he said, return to your own house and tell what great thing God has done for you. This demon-possessed man has already established a reputation of vagabondity or a reputation of danger let's just say danger in that environment alone talk less of his own house maybe he was sent out of his house maybe the spirit through the spirit he ran out of his house into the secluded place that jesus met him but even in his house he had the reputation of okay one of us here has gotten demon possessed and we cannot accommodate him again but imagine god telling him okay now you have been huge now you are changed. Go back there. Yes, let them see that your reputation has changed. Let them see that you have decided to change your reputation or someone has decided to change your reputation. You met someone. Who do you mean? Jesus. And Jesus has done this. God wanted to use this demon-possessed man to encourage others around. Encourage his family. Encourage people in that vicinity. Okay, that there is a Messiah that can heal what if God wants to use your life, your past circumstances, your past situation, your past filthiness, your past sins to encourage others not to go through that painful path that you went through, to encourage others to the cross, to make others see the cross as you have seen it? How do you cooperate with him? Will you still allow yourself to be limited? Will you still think of the opinion of others? How will you cooperate with God? We have to remember that from the moment that we meet Jesus, our lives are no longer in our hands. And every decision that we make is no longer for us. Even not only for God, not only for Jesus, but for the fact that we have met him. And for the fact that we've met him, we have been given a purpose then we have destinies attached to us. So when we make that decision to cooperate with Jesus to change, then we know we are making a decision not only for the sake of us or our family, but for the sake of the lives that will get blessed by our change. For the sake of the life that will be blessed by your change, the destinies that will be changed by your single change. So you can't afford to let your past limit your identity or change. Your past of shame is forgiven in Christ. We all have sinful pasts, but none are out of reach of God's mercy. God's mercy is abundant. As a songwriter says, kindness at day, mercies at night. He is always merciful. And when you, when you believe that you have that you that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, 
your sins are forgiven. It purges out sin. Fine, you might face the consequences of your sins. The consequences of your sins are not erased, but it will give you the grace to go to, to, to live through them and even teach others through them. But we have to know that our past of shame, our past of ridicule, our past reputation, our ugly reputation, ugly presence reputation is forgiven by Christ the moment we accept Jesus. Think of Peter. Peter failed God. Like I said this in the last episode, Peter was the number one betrayer. Like it's the one number one betrayer I know. Like Peter really failed Jesus. He was Jesus' best friend right from the beginning. He, he loved God. He loved Jesus. And Jesus loved him so much. He was always with him wherever he goes. If you look at it, everywhere Jesus went to minister to him, Peter was always right there beside him. And then when he was about to die, he denied him three times. Even was about to start cursing himself, like start swearing for himself that, ah, if I know this man, let so so and so so happen to me. Can you can you even imagine that extent? Peter betrayed Jesus, but he still partook in the glorious tender mercies of Christ. This was the same man who, after the resurrection of Christ, was very ashamed to face Jesus Christ face to face. But Jesus still faced him and asked me, and asked him, Peter, if you love me, tend my sheep. This is the same person Jesus asked to tend the sheep. This is the same person that became one of the greatest leaders of the church after the resurrection of Christ. His sins were forgiven. Christ, Jesus Christ, is an God, is an all-forgiving God. He's a very merciful God. And if we believe that He is the Son, if we believe that He's capable of forgiving our sins, then your sins are forgiven. And in Psalm 32, verse 1, we say, it says, the says, Blessed are the ones whose sins, whose transgressions are forgiven. We are blessed because our transgressions are forgiven. Your past shapes you, but you are not to dwell there. Move on to become the person the Creator designed you to be. Cast your anxieties on the Lord because He cares for you. And walk in the newness of life. If you want to follow Jesus, then you must cast all your pressure. I was telling a friend you know, um, some days ago that fine, we are leaders and we have a lot of pressures, but this is what we should do with those pressures. Place those pressures on the shoulder of God and just watch Him. Watch His will. Walk in the newness of life free, at liberty, knowing that Jesus owns your body. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 28, He said, Come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we take the yoke of God by exchanging it with our own burdens, our own heavy ladens, we put our own pressure on him, put our own anxiety on him, put our own worries on him. Why? Because he has nailed all those to the cross when he died for us on the cross of Calvary. So why don't you walk in the newness of life? Why don't you allow yourself to partake in the peace and and the peace and purpose that 
exist in Christ Jesus. Why don't you allow yourself to cooperate with Jesus in bringing more lives into the kingdom through your past experiences, through your past story? Why would you allow your present or past reputation to limit your stand with God, to limit your choice for salvation? Your past is not a matter of other it's not a matter of other people's opinion of you. People may try to categorize you based on your past. If you live in defeat or shame, people will see you as a defeated or weak person. But I tell you, my friend, you can change. Yes, you can change. You can change. Jesus passed on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the task office and he said, Follow me. So he arose and followed him just like that. Okay, this is the story of how Jesus met Matthew. Matthew was a task collector. And in those days, a task collector is a sinner. So yes, Matthew was a diet sinner. A task collector. But Jesus didn't look upon his reputation. No, he didn't look upon his job, title, or whatever. Because that wasn't his identity. That wasn't what defined him. No. He said, follow me. You can be my disciples. You can join me in becoming features of men. I don't care about what you do for a living. I don't care about what your past was like. I just want to change you. You will change it. You will change that your task collecting to people collecting into my kingdom. I don't care about your filthiness, how much fights you've engaged in, how much lives you've, you, you, you've destroyed with your tongue. I don't care about all those things. I just want you to know that you can be with me as fishers of men. That is what he told Matthew at the end of the day. We just born verse. You know, the Mary I talked about earlier, do you know that just on that spot he gave her purpose? He said, keep the remaining oil for my burial. Meaning, he gave her the purpose of Okay, you, I've chosen you now, since you've done this to me, since you have so much faith to enter into a Pharisee's house, just to wash my feet. I give you this purpose. You shall be the first, one of the first persons to see me resurrect. Because you shall bring that oil to my burial, and I shall not be there. <laughs> because when Mary Magdalene finally took the oil to his tomb to rob him oil. That was when she discovered that Jesus Christ has resurrected and she was one of the first people she and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the one who actually saw the angels that ministered to them that, okay, Jesus Christ has resurrected and on their way going home, they met Jesus himself. They were one of the first people that met Jesus. What, what a wonderful purpose for a very, very sinful woman on this spot. Jesus can change you. And when he changes you, he gives you a purpose in life. So, other people's opinion of you, of your defeat, of your weaknesses, it doesn't really matter when it comes to God changing a person. Let your actions now be an affirmation of your testimony, your testimony of Christ. Let everything that you do now be an affirmation of this is what God has done for me. I met Jesus, so, so, so did, and this is what he has done in my life. 
I have been studying his words and this is what he taught me. Let all your ways, your life, be a testimony of what God has done. Define your, don't be afraid to speak up for the Lord. Even though it may seem very hard or too hard because of your reputation or your past reputation, will I say, do not be afraid to speak up for Jesus. To speak, if, if someone challenges you that, why are you doing like this? Why are you suddenly faking? Because, of course, some people will call it faking. Why are you suddenly trying to live a fake life? Are you trying to deceive us? We know you and stuff like that. Don't be shy. Don't be fearful to speak up that, okay, this is what Jesus has done for me. This is who I met and this is what changed me. I know it can change you. If Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of where he is going. If Satan comes into your life, into your mind, because it will come, those thoughts will come that, before, if you saw, before, if you are alone now, you just open your phone and start watching this thing. Do it, do it. You know those kind of impulsive thoughts. So if Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of where he's going. I rebuke you, Satan. Your place is in a pit of hell. Go back there in the name of Jesus. Remind Satan of where he's going. And if others remind you of your past, Tell them about the life-changing Jesus. I've been emphasizing it. If others tell you that, okay, this is who you are before, and I don't like the one I'm seeing now, or I'm so surprised by the one I'm seeing now, tell them about Jesus. Tell them about how you met him, how he changed your life. <sighs> My friends, it is possible, 100% possible to follow Jesus in this day and age. Even if you are a student, even if... You are waiting on God for admission, if you, even if you are waiting on God for marriage. When, when I finally um, like decided to embrace the life of Christ, fine, I used to call myself a Christian. I've always called myself a Christian because I was born in a Christian home. And we go to church, we read the Bible on Sundays, and <laughs> not normal thing. But it wasn't like... The way it should be, because I was still sinner, like a diet sinner. I was, I read pornography, I watched pornography, I, I did a lot of things that were filthy, secret sins, so many of them, and I just felt like I needed Jesus, and I needed to be very serious with this man because I'd be lost without him. And that day, I just made up my mind that okay, Jesus, this is me. You know me, and I want to follow you with everything that I have. So I prayed and God ministered to me that, okay, there's something that needs to change about you. I was a writer. I was an online writer I, and I had money from it, like seriously. I used to write love stories for web novels. Web novel, good novel, if you know them. Um, fiction, I mean, um, <laughs> fiction me. I'm really forgetting their names. You know, different, different web novels, yeah web um, novel reading apps if you know any of them you remember what part him so i used to write love stories there and the only spirit reminded me of what writing was supposed to mean to me writing was not for that i've been writing since i was in primary six since i was 10 and then i used to write books that 
immediately I write it like this. People will borrow it. The whole class. I need to move it from class to class because people want to read it and get encouraged. Somehow I just had this encouraging tone in everything that I wrote. So people loved it and they loved to read it. Even when I got to GS1, my teachers would borrow my novels home. This is just handwritten manuscripts. They'll borrow it home, they'll read, read, pass it, pass it on, pass it on, till I don't find it again. In fact, when I left GS1, I lost all the books I wrote because I don't know who I borrowed and who it got to. And then in SS1, I began to write love stories for web novels because I got influenced by what I was reading. I was reading pornography, so I was writing it. And the OSP just reminded me that you've lost it, like you've misplaced your priority. Now you have a reputation of an online writer. People know you as an author of books, but those books do not edify God. Those books are actually filth. Fine, they have a storyline that should be encouraging, but when people read it, will they, will they learn only the story from it or something else? One of your wildest imaginations packed up in the books. And immediately I just called the quits. I was like, okay, yes, people know me as an online author, why I'm going to stop. That reputation has misplaced this priority for now, and I have to change it. Like, I was ready for a change, and I told my best friend then that I want to quit writing web novels. She was like, no, you can't. You are already near to making a lot of money. And that, that was true. Like, I was already starting to make money. No, when you start, you will make money. I was already starting to make money. And if I continue now, I know I'll have made a lot. Which <laughs> was like, no, you can't. It's not possible. What happened to you? Why are you doing this? Was She asked so many questions. And I tried to explain to her that, okay, I met Jesus. And I love Jesus. And I want to follow him. Like, the love of Jesus is so born in my heart. And I just can't afford to write those books anymore. She was like, everybody loves Jesus now. What are you saying? Stuff like that. If you want to do anything, you have to do it with wisdom. And so, 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 so. It caused so much, like, disarray between me and our friendship. It just couldn't work anymore because she wasn't comfortable with me stopping what I loved to do so much or what I was so much known for. But I had to stop. I had to change your reputation. I had to change your past circumstance, past situation I was not proud of. Those those books still exist. When people ask me about you are an author, where are your books? I'll be like, I wrote books that I'm not proud of. I'm not proud of them. They are passed away. If you want me to recommend books, I'll recommend you books, but not my books. Because they are gone. They are not. I, I misplaced priority. And I am not shy to explain it to people now. Though then, I was. Because it's like, what people think of me? What people say of me? Ah, how will I just quit? But then I reached out to one of my mentors, and she was like, I was like, Ma, I'm losing my friendship. I'm losing my best friend because I want to follow Jesus. And she was like, Yes. When you start to lose your friends for Jesus, then you are on the right track. <laughs> so she told me that she's just forgetting about a friend. Yeah. So yes, if you choose to let go of some past circumstances, then you're also letting go of some people in your life. Some human beings. Yeah. <laughs> and some things that will really be painful at first, but you just, with time, God will give you the strength and the grace to live with it. I lost my best friend to that. Because since then, our friendship wasn't... And because during that time, we were planning on writing a duo together. And I just called it quits. 
all of a sudden because of Jesus. And I do not regret even to this day because the life of Jesus is the sweetest life I've ever known. But what I'm trying to say is that your 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 relationship with God should not be limited to what other people think of you, other people say, fine, they will try to convince you that, don't change, okay, I know that you are troublesome, but we were enjoying it now, you can't just change, no, you know what is right, and when you know the truth, the truth will set you free, so yes, if you have a past situation that is really hanging on your neck, though you are feeling convinced to Follow this Jesus, this God, this Lord of Lords, this King of Kings. I want you to just lay those situations at the feet of Jesus. Tell God that, God, I want to surrender my life, everything I know how to do to you. Even if it's troublemaking, I want you to take it. I don't care what other people start to say if I change or I want to change. and I need your help. I want you to help me. I don't know I am going to end this podcast today, but I just want someone to be blessed. And I know if you are listening now and you are blessed, then praise the Lord. Glory to God. I want you to know that you can change. It's it's baby steps. Yes, it's step by step. I was so tempted to go back to writing. To the extent that I went back to it to, for the morning because, like... I didn't really go back to it. I told God that, God, I needed this money. I've written for a while now. And I need to collect my money back. <laughs> I can't just drop the books. I need to collect my money back. And I kind of completed, after some months of actually making the decision not to go back, I completed, I went back and I completed one book so that my money will be paid. Do you know that that money, I can't account for it now? Because, fine, I collected the money, but it just, it just wasted, like, it just breezed away. Yes, it breezed away. That's how I'll say it. It breezed away. Because it was not God's will. I, I was trying to compromise. I tried to compromise. And if I remember, I asked for forgiveness. I said, God, please forgive me. I, yes, I allowed my flesh, my emotions to judge again, my love for money to judge by going back to complete that book that you have asked me not to do again. So yes, there will be times when you have chosen to change, but the devil will come and tempt you to go back to your vomit, to go back to what you have left. Please don't. They will, it will breeze away. I'm, I, I'm talking from experience. This morning, I used it to buy something. And you know that within three months, three months, November, December, January, Okay, let's say February. Within four months, this thing dish, like emptied out. It's quite God destroyed. It breathed away. That's how I say it. So, if you really want to follow Jesus, please fix your gaze on him. There will be temptations. But like what I said earlier, if the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of where he belongs. The pit of hell, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And if your friends remind you of your past, please tell them about the life-changing Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you enjoyed this podcast, please ignore the rain. If you enjoyed this podcast today, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to leave a comment if the app you are using to listen to it has a comment session. Or you can reach out to me on any of my social media platforms. At the formula Sarah Organekewe on Facebook. Arouse page on Facebook. At Chronicles at Podcast on Instagram. 
or at legit Sierra or formula on Instagram. So I like to end this podcast with a prayer and a meditation from Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the war of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. They have commanded us. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently, O God. Oh, that our ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then we will not be ashamed when we look into all your commandments. We will praise you with your uprightness of heart when we learn your righteous judgments. We keep your statutes, O God. Do not utterly forsake us. Father, we commit our lives into your audience. O Lord, help us to accept the change that your goodness brings in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let your tender mercies and loving kindness avail for us according to your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you know that we know that our sins are forgiven. Thank you because we know that in you we have confidence to be the person you want us to be. Thank you, Father, because we know that you will help us through this change, through this decision of faith, and help us to convince others around us to meet this life-changing Jesus that you are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you, and have a lovely week. See you next Thursday, same time. <laughs> and send space. <laughs> Bye-bye.